The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you enjoy the show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And if you want your own podcast, you want to be the next big podcast star, we can take care of that for you. It's what we do. The Boston Podcast Network, right out of our Westwood Mass Studios, or remotely, we'll send you out a really cool microphone to get you started. Go to pod617.com if that interests you pod617.com. It's the Boston Podcast Network and pod we trust. Well, enough of my yapping because I've got a big podcast star on the line. This is going to be fun. Don't you don't you wish that your day could be brightened by talking to a cowboy? I'm talking about a real cowboy, someone who embodies the notion of being a cowboy, which we're going to find out about if you don't know. And his name's Neil Dudley. His day job is he's a vice president at Peterson Natural Farms. His business is bacon, quite literally, but he hosts two amazing podcasts. One is the Peterson Natural Farms podcast, and the other is called The Cowboy Perspective. And let's properly welcome him to the studio. The round of applause there is. How are you, my friend? Oh, man. I don't know. After that intro, I don't know anything else to it. I gotta say, yeah, oh, baby, let's do this. Well, excellent, and I'm ahead of you, Neil. I've got this ready to go. That that yeah. that is uh, Neil himself, his yeehaw that you w- will often hear on his podcasts. And so, full disclosure, I worked with Neil on these podcasts, and it's my great pleasure and honor to spiff them up a little bit before you hear them. But I encourage you to listen to both. I don't know where to start, but let's start at the beginning. Were you were you born a cowboy? Yes. Okay. Or or I got there, I didn't know anything else early in my life. So I don't know if you're really born anything. Right. But I was born to a cowboy and a cowgirl, which then makes me quite inclined to be a cowboy. Or to sure dream about it and want to be it and look up and think, that's my hero. The cowboy and other, who happened to be my dad and other cowboys in my life. So tell me about your parents. First of all, where I know Comanche, Texas is home for you. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We're just kind of deep in the heart of Texas, right? If you kind of put a dot under the X on the map, (laughs) Comanche's going to be real close to it. We're surrounded by, you know, some maybe bigger towns you might know have heard of. If Now, I don't know exactly where your audience is, but I imagine an audience for a show like this is worldwide sure if not nationwide so just central texas by stephenville abilene waco couple hours north austin couple hours southwest dallas fort worth mm-hmm. waco texas often known for for that unfortunate occurrence that happened there but i like to think of it as the home of dr pepper and of baylor university am i right on this yes <laughs> totally okay and the branch davidians yep i'm assuming that's what you're talking about it is yes like that's a that's just an interesting occurrence too. I mean, yeah. sad, right. tragic, 
all those things, but still great study in someone or in the way. And I see it in our world even today that, that people can be brainwashed or brainwashed might be the wrong word, but how anybody can fall into following a thing they're not really wanting to follow, but they don't fully understand it. So anyways, I think it's a good study on that. Oh, absolutely. And I've seen the documentaries on those. And what you say is absolutely correct. And any doc, I'll watch any documentary about a cult. I, I just think it's fascinating because how did, I mean, the most dark and tragic one might be Jim Jones, who literally persuaded hundreds, not dozens, hundreds of people to take their own lives, or at least they they were following him basically right right till the end, literally. And it makes it makes the rest of us stop and say, uh, "How do you get to that point?" And that many people. I mean, it's it's, it's not this like a, a small group of wackos, anyways. Wait, but now no, we don't. We can't change the subject. Yet. Okay, it's just too okay. Go too too awesome. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I'm sure you have. Almost everybody's heard of the show, The Duggars, like. Teen and counting. This oh yeah, family with shoot. Have you li- have you like dug into that? That's almost a cult too. Yeah, I'm I'm saying almost just because I'm not an expert on cults, right? But man, it's pretty wild what yeah. goes on in that group. Yeah, no, I I'm, mean, I've seen doc docs on the Duggar family as well, and yeah, it seems the, the same theme seems to develop in those things where it. Nobody starts out by saying, I'm starting a cult. You don't, you certainly don't call it that, right? But, and in many cases, they're, they're, they're started with at least ostensibly good intentions. It's, yeah. it's like, we don't believe in organized religion. So we're going to start this. We all treat each other well. But then the story becomes predictable. Usually the leader takes a bunch of wives. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That happens a lot. <laughs> That's like a fringe benefit of being a, a and and then the people, they get this almost glazed look in their eye and follow people without questioning it. Anyways, so yeah. so tell me, you, you, you were your parents literally cowboys in the sense that on herding and working on a farm? Or tell me about that. Yeah, I was raised on a registered Hereford cattle operation. So we had mama cows. We were raising purebred Horn Hereford bulls for commercial cattle operations. So somebody raising cattle for beef, they'll, they'll lot, a lot of times put a purebred bull on a cow. And if you cross them, you get a little bigger calf. You get what's called hybrid vigor. So the first cross kind of relate results in a little bit faster growing, more of vigor in the animal and that kind of thing. Well, so anyways, we're raising these restored Herefords. My grandparent, my granddad started it with his two brothers and my dad and his three brothers, or he has three brothers. One was really not particularly involved in the ranch. So with two of his brothers and three of his cousins, anyways, and it just kind of ballooned. They started buying property just outside of the depression years. And you say like, oh, well, it was only 50 cents an acre. Mm. Well, yeah. But 50 cents wasn't very easy to come by either. Sure. They had lots of businesses. And so that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I was telling somebody just today, I loved the horses, like the ranching, the horseback riding, the training of horses. That's what I love. I would go do any junky, crappy, terrible, ugly, nasty job with the outside chance 
I might get to ride a horse. Mm. <laughs> you know, so mm. I just wanted to go. Did you have a, a favorite horse or did you have a horse that was truly like your own growing up that you remember? No, I didn't. That was a kind of a good cowboy perspective there. Mm-hmm. The ranch owned a lot of horses. And as a kid, I thought the only path to happiness was that I owned a horse. Mm. One that was Neil's, nobody else's. And my dad might have bought me one, but it didn't. I mean, the whole lesson didn't come to fruition until later in life that I didn't need to own the horse. The ranch owned the horse. They were tools. We could absolutely love them, appreciate them, but they were tools to our business. And there was about 15 other kids that wanted a horse too. And they couldn't give all of us. As soon as they give me a horse. Now I got to try to give everybody a horse. That's uh, not feasible. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you can love a horse. I grew up not so much an animal guy, and I was uh, allergic to, still am, I guess, allergic to cats and dogs. But over the past several years, my girlfriend, she got a dog named Kobe, and I adore this little furry thing. And so now I think I understand the love of animals more than than I used to it. It really is. It's a, it, to me, it's a different and a special kind of love. And the, the, you know, the cliche people say is, oh, they give you unconditional love. It's kind of true. It's kind of true. But tell me about what it means. This is going to sound silly, but uh, to love a horse to why, why do, why do cowboys love horses? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't know if there's a direct answer to that. I guess. I love them because I just connect with that animal. Like I love all animals, but I don't, can't say when I'm around a dog or a cat or a cow or a llama or a whale, any of those things that I feel like they're repairing my soul. Mm. I mean, it's this is pretty foo-foo, crazy, wacko stuff. It sounds that way anyway, but I guarantee almost everybody's experienced the similar thing. Might not have been with a horse. It might have been with a a dog or a a parakeet. I mean, there's just a situ. There's a it's a cool thing God put in the world. I think He gives us these kind of connections that you can't particularly explain. Mm. Yeah, horses are. I I I know why you described it that way because a horse is almost like. Uh, it it feels like a, a mythical creature because it is both beautiful and powerful and also throughout the course of history, incredibly useful. I, I remember in the, must've been in the eighties during the, this period of trash TV where they're putting anything they could on put on TV to catch up. Somebody staged a race between a Jaguar race car and a horse and no one was betting on the horse, but the the engine on the car revved. It scared the bejesus out of the Jaguar who just, you know, sat there for a while. The horse took off and the horse won the race. I thought there was some justice to that. And I appreciate athleticism. Sure. I think horses are super athletic. If you, if you wonder, if you're just like, man, I don't know. I've never seen a horse be athletic. Mm. Watch a horse race. Watch a cutting competition where they have a horse a guy rides a horse into a herd of cattle he brings one calf or cow out and then hold then the horse like the the rider just drops his hand and all he's doing is sitting on top of the horse and the horse holds that 
cow out mm. just by itself. If you've never watched that, you should. It's it's a lot of fun to see what an animal will do when it's their instinct. Mm. Now, there's training involved too, but but they love that game. Same mm. as like a dog that chases a ball or something. They just love that. Mm. And horses can, are good swimmers too, aren't they? Yeah, they swim. See, yeah. I mean, it, it's in it's, rodeo. Yep. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. You go now. Uh, just they'll swim them for exercise just to kind of get them healed up from maybe injuries and stuff. They'll just they swim the heck out of horses. Mm. So let's get to what it means to what the cowboy perspective really means, because in listening to in, in working with you on your show, I know it's a lot more than anything having to do with a farm or a horse or it, it really it, it truly is, as you describe it, a perspective. So. How do we put that into words? How do you put that into words? Well, I, I struggle with that. I mean, I'm trying to put it into words every episode. Yeah. I'm trying to transfer some knowledge in a way that somebody else might pick it up, might hear it in a way that they like it. I think it boils down to or the most recent iteration of, of what I'm liking to say is the cowboy perspective is is really about finding your greatness and seeing it mm. like find your greatness and see it and then choose what greatness you're going to continue to pursue like to me that's that's so representative of how cowboys treated me and what what they expected of me like they don't put up with whining and crying and oh i did i'm sad i didn't get what i that's forget about it they don't put up with that. Mm. What they will put up with is somebody working hard who might be ignorant, who might not know, but who will take instruction about one time, like they'll tell you how to do it one time, then you've been told you now should know, mm. or you got to figure it out. Well, that's a little bit of a rambling answer, and I hope no, everybody I heard me say initially, like, it's not a thing I have fully defined. I'm not sure I ever will. Mm. It's it's, it's just kind of, you got it. We're all cowboys in one way or another. We all have grit, determination, ethics, morality, all these things that, that kind of wrap up into this picture I have of what a cowboy is. Mm. I mean, I've heard you say that an example is if a cowboy will stop and pick up a piece of litter where uh, a non-cowboy may not, it, does that... What does that, what quality does that speak? I think it speaks to pride. I think it's, it speaks to integrity, I guess. Does it? Yeah. Per, personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. it, well, I do it. Mm -hmm. I do it because one time we're walking in the yard and there's a piece of trash there blew in from who knows where. And I just walked by. Dad kind of smacked me on the back of the head and said, are you paying attention? Mm. And I said, yes, mm. sir. What? Mm. And he's like, obviously you're not. Do we want trash in our yard? No. Did you not see that piece of trash? I'm like, no, I didn't say, oh, don't tell me that. You saw it. You just didn't want to mm. take the half a second it took to bend over, pick it up and take it to the trash can. And it's, it's a metaphor really. Right. For, for almost everything. Right. Are you going to bother in your podcast hiring somebody to help you make it the best it can be? That's 
partly why we have the relationship we do. Like, are you going to just half-ass stuff in your life? Mm. Or are you going to take pride in it and say, wow, this is my yard. This is my parents' yard. This is my neighbor's yard. I'm going to try to make sure when I go by, I add value. Ah, that's that's what I think it is. I love that. And it, it speaks to me. I, I mean, we all go through periods of our life where we need to fall back on some values. Maybe you've, you've hit a couple of skids in your, in your professional or your personal life. And there are times, I know there are times when I've sort of looked around my surroundings and said, God, I've created such a mess. And in those moments, sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I strangely, I'll clean my car. I'll make sure my car is spotless because that's a good place to start because, because then you're in that mentality. So then the next morning when I'll go down, and open the car, I'll get this like a, a small little beam of pride. Like, look at this. If nothing else, I've got this part. Of this part of, yeah. Is, 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 is sure. that, am I onto something there? I, I, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's make your bed. Right. Maybe it's, there, there's a million places to find these things. Like I, I, part of what I hope is, Whatever people hear in my content, in my, in my podcast and my conversations, it, it just gives them a perspective to consider. Like mm -hmm. I clean your car's great. I like to brush a horse. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even necessarily have to brush a horse, but if I could, I like to own one. So if I need to, I can go get them out of the pasture and bring them up and just brush them. Mm -hmm. Just, it, it's just a therapeutic thing. Yeah. And, now, and the other thing you said, we all bump into these hard times. It's times when we're, our life feels disheveled. That's right. Everybody's got to hear that all. You, me, Brad Pitt, Matthew <laughs> McConaughey, Oprah Winfrey, everybody yeah. <laughs> has yeah. that. So, you, like, don't think you're so special. You're the only person that has to deal with that stuff. Start digging out of that just as fast as you can, though. And, that, and we're telling you some some ways to think about getting out of it. Yeah. Clean your car. Like, pick up the trash and say, I'm not a lazy bum. I'll pick the trash up when I come by it. That's no shot out at bums, but it's just no. like, yeah. don't let yourself fall into that. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned everyone the most famous and talented people included have gone through rough stretches. I remember reading a column where somebody made an aside kind of joke. It was like, do you think George Clooney ever has a bad day and then just goes and looks in the mirror and says, wait a minute, I'm George Clooney. Why am I? In a but the, the, so that's kind of a gag, but, but we know he's at his days too. We all have. And I know this because during the, the ups in my life and the downs in my life, not every day is going to be perfect. It's there'll always be something. There'll always be something. And how we bounce back from that is maybe where a lot of those lessons that you're talking about lie. What types of guests do you enjoy having on the podcast? And I'm talking about the Cowboys Perspective podcast. Again, people, if you missed it, that's the name of Neil's pod. He also has one called Peterson Natural Farms, which is mainly more about where food comes from. And it's fascinating. But if we could start with the, the Cowboy Perspective, what types of guests do you enjoy having on? Oh, man, I don't know. So you're going to have to cut out some of this pause because I'm sitting here. Like, how how do I I'll answer do that. it in a, in a value-add value way? Mm. Because the fact is, I love them all. Mm. I, I can't think of a person 
in the world I wouldn't want to talk to that that doesn't have a very valuable perspective. I mean, think about it. It could be the king of England or it could be the guy that lives under the bridge down here Mm. or gal. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, sometimes it's going to be a different (laughs) value and it could be a total different experience, but I love them all. So what the kind of the people I pursue are anybody that has kind of been recommended to me from somebody else that's been on the show or that I see a cool thing. Like right now, I'm really after a guy named Matt Kim. Mm. He has an Instagram page and he, he really does simple content, thought provoking content. He's, he's starting to get really popular. He, he's out of Atlanta, but. Mad attack, and I don't even know what his last. There's some numbers in his Instagram page, mm. but he's. I'm like, man, I would really love to talk to you. But he's a of Asian descent, mm. and I think it just really yeah. add a lot of value. Yeah. So, a couple of great lessons for podcasters and aspiring podcasters out there. For, you, listen to what Neil said. It's it's you pick people that you think have interesting stories. I'm paraphrasing you, of course, but and. Don't get so hung up on, well, but he's not necessarily going to uh, apply to my audience or she, she'd be a departure from the guests we've already had before. It could be someone with a, a huge Instagram following. It could be someone that almost no one has heard of before. It could be a friend that you grew up with and, and, and you have something to talk about. I'll give you one example, Neil. I, I, I think you'll enjoy this actually. I'll try to make it brief though. Cause I want to, I want, I want to hear, I want to hear your story. Here I am talking about how you're, you're no, so, but the conversation comes yeah. out to where both parties have things to add. Like that's why I love a conversational podcast. I can't stand a scripted one. This is my own personal opinion. It's not my own preference. It's why I do an unscripted podcast. People that align with me there will like it. People that don't, well, I want to hear. What do you got to say? Tell me this story. Okay, good. Because you just you're you're absolutely preaching to the choir here. And I, I when I coach people up, I say you can have a list of prepared questions. Get ready to depart from almost every question you have written down if the conversation goes off in an interesting way. So I'll, I'll just tell you real brief about this guest I invited on my podcast. The guy's name was Matt Share and. I had this memory for as long as I have been alive, or at least since I was aged like nine or something, I have remembered this moment. It was that I went to a summer camp and I was having a rough time because there were, there was this kid in the bunk that was, didn't care for me. And at one point I had, according to him, butted in on his conversation. So he went around to all the other kids in the bunk and bunk and said, Hey, we're not going to talk to Yaz anymore. He just butts into people's conversations. And I could see this swirling and I'm starting to panic. And it's this terrible feeling of being ganged up against. And I was playing catch with this kid, Matt Share, And the, the the villain comes over and says to Matt, hey, Matt, who kind of whispers and we're not going to hang out with Yaz anymore. He butts into people's conversations. So Matt Share says, thinks about it and says, no, I'm not going to do that. He's one of my friends and goes back to playing catch with me. Okay, so fast forward 40 years later and... For some reason, I am moved to look this guy up. I wouldn't, but he's incredibly accomplished. He's a PhD. He's a scientist. He's like killing it in everything that he does. I sent him an email. I said, I just have this great memory of you. I described a little bit. Would you like to come on my podcast and talk about it? And 
He did. And he's a lovely guy. And I feel like I did kind of a small good deed for the day in thanking him for that. I just want you to know, as a nine-year-old, that takes some gumption. That takes some balls to stand up to the rest of the bunk. And you did that for me. So that's that's my Matt share story. He didn't remember it, by the way. I didn't expect him to. <laughs> so, Isn't that the craziest truth? Yeah. Like things we remember. People, it, moments in time, we remember. I'm so vivid. The other party was not having the same experience. Matt was, he was just doing what he thought was right. Yep. Like it didn't register in a large memory of, but for you, it illustrated a person willing to stand beside you when you're in a position of, of great. Now, great's probably an overstatement, it, but it feels great. Mm. Uh, persecution almost. Oh, like, no. These guys are against me. That's right. I mean, as a nine-year-old, that, that's not exactly, that is what it felt, it felt like. Yeah. And he, and he turned it all around. And so good for you, to Matt Share. Matt Share, we're going to give you a yeehaw. Huh. So since we're on that subject, have, who would you count among your role models or, or mentors over the years? Do any come to mind? I was thinking while you were kind of telling that story, which is also a terrible thing that this, because then you're not listening as good as you could be. I mean, just for anybody listening. Like, True. But you did both. Don't listen just to respond. Listen to understand. Right. But anyways, this is the truth. Yep. I was thinking, I was doing, like when I started the Cowboy Perspective, that's what I was doing. I was getting people who had influenced me in a positive way and telling them thank you. And the way I was doing it was, hey, come on the podcast. I'd love to talk to you. We just, I want to hear your cowboy perspective. Mm. So that's how I, that's how I got my first few guests. It was my parents. It was my uncles. It was other people in the community who poured into me, who are parents of my friends, just friends that helped me learn how to train horses. So if you look at about the first 20 episodes, those are the people in my life who I was Really getting on the podcast because most of them don't want to. I mean, they're kind of just humble, shy. What the right. hell's a podcast even? They're like, what is that even? Right. And I mean, we're just going to talk for a little while. And I want to tell you, thank you for all you've done for me. And they don't feel like that's necessary or they, they have really done much, but they have. Mm. And in that, we found out what, what it was I thought they did and what they, what they intended to do. I mean, that, that's. That could be the whole podcast. I mean, that is your podcast, really. And and now it's expanded and you're sort of getting people to tell their stories that you you might not otherwise hear and a little bit of figuring out what they believe in, what makes them tick. But I guess I don't want to repeat myself, but you're very good at letting the story unfold. And then since I see the video version of the podcast, I can see you th- you listen, you think, and then you'll share something as well. And share a story. And, and that is to me what sets podcasts apart from what we've had in the past, which are interview shows, talk shows and things like that. And the cool thing about that is it's almost like reading a book that you don't know how the story is going to end. Cause, cause you don't, you don't know. We did, I didn't know I was going to talk about Matt share today, but that's where we got. And so I would have, you couldn't have, you couldn't have. I wouldn't have dreamed of we would have talked about cults for even half right, a second. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and if you're going to listen to the Cowboy Perspective, listen, I hope I pick up some new listeners. I, I really appreciate the chance of coming on your show and having 
your audience get a chance to just hear about me, hear about the show, hear about the way I think about stuff. It's also, I'm not trying to hand you a magic answer mm. that's going to get you millions of dollars or happiness or anything. I mm. mean, I couldn't. I don't know mm. the magic answer. But I think if you listen to the cowboy perspective, you're going to be pretty well entertained. You're going to laugh a time or two. You might cry a time or two. I mean, I, the interview I did just yesterday, you know, the guy was telling me about losing his dog. And this is tough cowboy, mm. tough cowboy guy. And he is, he's getting emotional about it. Yeah. I mean, you just have to enjoy that kind of stuff. And I think humans stick. I mean, it's why any kind of entertainment is valuable. We love the toil. We love the winner, the loser, the empathy that goes with the loser, the kind of the angst that goes with boisterous winner that's kind mm. of an a-hole. You know, it's like yeah. all those dynamics. Yeah. I find those in podcasts. Yeah, and the 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 story. You're, Neil's not exaggerating. In in more than one episode, your guests have gotten emotional, and and in those moments, another good lesson for podcasters, in my opinion, is you let that moment breathe. You don't. Sometimes our instinct is if somebody is on the verge of being emotional or even sort of you know cheering up or whatever, we would say, you know what, it's okay. You don't have to talk about it. We could we can move on. Like no. That's the good stuff. And of course, you don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but sometimes this is, they want to share this. One of the first podcasts I ever did, I did, I did one. It was, he was an appeals court judge in Massachusetts and he was one of the few openly gay judges on the bench. And he was talking about how he, he always felt like an outsider at Boston College Law School. And He's, I could tell he was getting emotional and you can tell my listeners, you know, that I like to talk and I got to sometimes dial it down a little bit because I talk, cause I talk, cause I talk too much. But in that moment, thank God, there was a voice in my head that said, Dave, shut up. Just let him go. If there's a few seconds of silence, good. That shows how much impactful the, 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 the strength he took to tell this story meant it was going to come along with the, a couple of shaky moments, but that's the real stuff, man. That's great. Yeah. All right. See, now I got to tell myself to stop talking so much. No, I mean, but that, see, that story is valuable to me. Like, I would challenge anybody listening, start a podcast. You should. It's not that expensive to do. And it forces you to have these conversations. I've not been in a single one that I haven't learned something. Right. I haven't heard a perspective from the other side that was like, oh yeah, that's a different little, like I don't absolutely agree exactly with everything, that I, that sure. every word that's spoken on my podcast. But I might next, I might tomorrow after I've thought about that for a little bit, I said, hmm, yeah, maybe I was, I'm, I'm a little off on that. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I think that's a healthy thing to, to, we're never going to agree on, on everything. And the people that I love in my life, there are many of them who I know I disagree strongly about certain things, but I always try to listen because, because that's, I mean, I think that's not to get too broad based here, but it's a problem in our country. Now it's you're in or you're out, you're red or you're blue, you're black or you're white. And I don't even want to listen to what you have to say. Oh, cause I know you're going to be like, eh, you know what? Listen, listen, people. It's so crazy. I think that's really just media. Because 
Maybe so. It's yeah. not that way where I live. Mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. is it that way where you live? No. Maybe. But no, you, you got a good point. But and and the media, yeah, for sure. I mean, the media is probably the most glaring example of it, right? Because you can't because it's almost yeah. like straight down the middle news doesn't exist anymore, which is which is too bad. It's a shame. Yeah. La- last thing. Okay. My wife told me this, or, or it's not last thing like I got to leave, but last thing before we move <laughs> yeah. to some other thread to pull on. Yep. When when somebody's emotional in that experience, mm. don't lose sight of the truth. People remember how you made them feel longer than any other thing. What you did for them, what you bought for them, what you said to them, all of that's going to go right on out the back. But they will remember how you made them feel. And as a guest on a podcast, if you get emotional, if you're telling a very sensitive thing and you allow it, you don't rush it. I mean, there's a commitment made to even go into some of those corners of your own mind. Mm. And like, let them. You yeah, know, that's they're they're gonna remember how that made them feel. And the proof is in the pudding. If you listen to Neil's podcast, the end, the the guest always sounds very grateful, thanking you for an experience. I don't think they ever realize they're gonna go where they go a lot of times. So they're like, "Wow, I didn't realize we were gonna get into this, Neil." But thank you. This was so <laughs> much fun. They all and they all seem a little bit tired, maybe. Which is, I think, a good sign because they, they, we just, we just went on a ride, so you're gonna feel a little tired. So we yeah. do have, we do have a couple orders of business before we say goodbye to Neil. We're gonna do a quick round of burning questions where Neil will answer some questions. He is unprepared for these questions. So let's do this. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. In no particular order here, Neil. Does your love of all things Cowboys extend to the Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. They're both oh, yeah. big bo- fans. Yep. Who was who was your favorite player growing up? Troy Aikman. What a what a stud that man was, right? I I, I, I Well, I played quarterback. Oh, did you in really? High school. Oh, excellent. And I just knew I was going to be the next Troy Aikman. I mean, <laughs> So it's funny how I'm a cowboy, I grew up a cowboy, did all those things, but I also dreamed about being an NFL quarterback, Troy Aikman to be exact. Mm. Many of us did, and for many of us, it didn't work out exactly like that, but you're the Troy Aikman of podcasting, Neil. So I know that you attended Texas Tech, and I know you also got a degree at Oklahoma State, so do you pull for the Red Raiders or the appropriately named Cowboys or another college team? I didn't know that answer till the Red Raiders and the Cowboys were played. Mm. And my loyalty lies with the Red Raiders. It was crazy. I didn't know that's exactly how it would be, but mm. it is. Maybe that's because Patrick Mahomes came from there, but maybe it's, it just generally is. I spent more time there. It was at a younger stage of my maturity. Formative. It just, it, it's, it's just a little bit more ingrained into me, the, the red and black. I think that's a good sign. I think that's a sign of being a loyal fan. My my dad, as a young man, loved the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was an old Brooklyn Dodgers fan, but spent his whole adult life in Boston where he adopted the Red Sox as a team. But to this day, when the Red Sox finally played the Dodgers in the World Series, he 
he was uh, a sad man when the Red Sox won. <laughs> you 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 revert back to your original, I think. Um, well, that's right. You can't help it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Like that's the kind of cool thing to embrace that. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Like, yep. uh, look, I'm I live in Boston. I'm supposed to love the Red Sox. This is like this whatever curse that they had. I don't even know. They did, yeah. Rooting for the Dodgers. Right. Couple more questions. Uh, the rocker John Bon Jovi sings about being a cowboy, but he's from New Jersey. So I want to know: is that cowboy misappropriation? No. Uh, I mean, Yellowstone, mm. John Wayne. Think of these Clint Eastwood, and you kind of the big screens where you go to find these cowboy types. Mm. It's shut. I don't think you can misappropriate it. It's a, it's more of a feeling than it is anything else. So the, there's plenty of room on the, on the cowboy stagecoach for those that want to join. Yeah, 100%. All, all people welcome. Well, you skillfully led me into my next question. Out of these three fictional cowboys, who would you take? The outlaw Josie Wales, Clint Eastwood, who you mentioned, Paul Newman as Butch Cassidy, or perhaps Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp? Josie Wales. I mean, old school. Nobody wants to mess with that guy. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, great answer. So, time does not permit me to ask all the questions about bacon that I might have. I do adore bacon, but I guess I guess I'll ask you this: bacon will be involved. But what would what is the ultimate cowboy breakfast? <laughs> yeah, bacon, eggs, biscuits, and gravy. That's all you need. Huh? That's it. All right. That's it. Right. Black coffee. And it's all it, black coffee boiled in a pot without a filter. The coffee's only better if there's some grinds in it. That comes from a direct quote from one of my interviews. Is that I right? Had a, an old cowboy took me out cowboying on a ranch. Like we went and slept in tents and just under the stars and worked cattle for two weeks. Mm. And, and I was a kid. I didn't like coffee. I mean, I'd never... So I had kind of snuck over to the chuck wagon looking for some sugar mm. to put in my coffee. Mm. Well, that was the worst idea <laughs> I had the whole time. You got I mean, coffee so shamed? Then yeah. On, yeah. yeah, from yeah. then on, my nickname was Sugar. <laughs> and, and there's all kinds of unwritten rules around a chuck wagon that, mm-hmm. that I had no experience with. So I was breaking a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. So I, it was a lesson I will never forget. And I so appreciate it because now I really love black coffee and I love doing the interview with that guy. And he laughed. He thought it was funny too. It was a, it was a funny, see, there's part of a cowboy perspective. Mm. They called me sugar the whole week. <laughs> right. and, and that's embarrassing. Right. But when he and I talk about it 20 years later, mm. we're both smiling. Mm. So it was like, Hey, you can take a little bit of somebody teasing on you mm. that is life like that's, that's almost right. means they they like you a little bit if they're gonna bother even teasing on you. Mm. i think that's the way a lot of great nicknames come from where you and you can you can feel teased but then if you sort of make it your own and own it now it's yours. Like now, now it's like you turn it on its head. So, and there are worse nicknames than sugar, although. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a pretty bad one on the right. On the, on the right. In the, in that circumstance, I could see. Well, you did very well in the burning question segment, Neil. 
passed with flying colors. And before we go, we'll play a quick, quick round of good stuff where Neil and I will both recommend something good to brighten your day. Let's do that. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, Neil, you are the guest, so you get to go first. And for those unfamiliar with good stuff, it could be anything at all. Neil's going to recommend to you, the listener. What do you got, Neil? The one thing. If you watch the show, The City Slickers, there's Jack Palance in there, and he's talking to uh, Billy Crystal, and they're kind of trying to figure life out. Yeah. And Jack Palance looks at him and says, all you need is this. It's his finger up. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and Billy Crystal says, well, what, a finger? <laughs> right, right. Balance says, no, one thing. And I'm totally stealing this from Gary Keller, who's a huge real estate uh, business uh, guy, and him and a guy named Jay Papasan wrote a book called The One Thing. Oh, okay. And I recommend it to you. If you can't afford it, I'll buy it for you. <laughs> Let me know. I want to facilitate you having an opportunity to read this book. It'll, it's a life-changing thing. And that's my, that's, that's, good my one. that's my nugget, the one thing. The one thing, the surprisingly simple truth about extraordinary results. Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. This is the one, right, Neil? Is that it? That's it. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, you can find it on uh, Amazon, of course. Shoot, you can get the paperback for just nine bucks. So splurge, people. Why not? And since Neil is here, my good stuff recommendation will be it's not necessarily my favorite cowboy movie, but I think it's like an underrated cowboy movie. It's the more recent iteration of the film 310 to Yuma. And so you get a taste for this. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer. See which way road, Evan? Might be right into Bisbee. Hands up. 22 robberies, over $400,000 in losses. Y'all notice he didn't mention any of the lives I've taken. We will have Ben Wade convicted and hanged, and we will pay to make it happen. I'll come. So, boys, where are we headed? Taking to the 310 to Yuma day after tomorrow. Shouldn't have told him that. Relax, friend. Now, if we get separated, I know where to meet up. It's a killer, Daniel. That someone ought to have the decency to bring him to justice. I want to come with you. Well, you can. What are you doing out here, Dan? You got a family to protect. Don't talk to me like you know me way, way in French. I told you to stay home. I left home. You turn around right now. Your boy ain't protecting you. He's following me. You say one more word. I'll cut you down right here. I like this side of you, Dan. All right, we're going to uh, stop it there. But have you seen this film, Neil? I I like that side of you, Dan. That's a great little <laughs> quote right there. I, I mean, know, right? Yeah. I like that side of you, Dave. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have seen it. Yeah. I would challenge it. I would just add. Yeah. You're gonna watch one. You gotta watch them both. Oh, because there's, there's. I haven't seen the original. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. From 1957, is it was it was and it was a classic movie. So I confess I haven't. Seen, so should I go back and watch the original? I t I'm kind of like I like I probably. Well, I'm not even going to say probably. I most definitely saw the new 310 to Yuma or that newer one you just played the trailer for. Right. Then I went back and watched the old. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, so that's Yeah, so it's kind of similar with, there have been several remakes mm. recently. I can't come up with it right now, but yep. I always like that. 
Yeah, but you heard the trailer and this more recent incarnation of the movie. It it's I feel like it doesn't get talked about a lot versus other we we talk about Butch Cassidy as Sundance Kid, maybe Unforgiven. The the comic version of it is City Slickers. They're all great, but this one. So and you might have heard the voices of Russell Crowe and. Christian Bale, I mean, talk about two titans. And and it all leads up to this, as the title suggests, this 310 train to Yuma and this climactic moment. And I'm not going to spoil it for the listeners. So, Neil, before we depart, I know I want to tell people to look on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods for both the Cowboys Perspective and Peterson's Natural Farms podcast. But is there uh, the website you want to shout out or anything else you want to share with our listeners? This throws people off a lot. So when you do Peterson's, it's with a D. Right. P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N-S Farms. And Google's a brilliant tool. Google the Cowboy Perspective. Google Peterson's Farms. You're going to be able to get to those podcasts and hear the conversations I have. Mm. So I say, access Google, the Cowboy Perspective, Peterson's Farms. You're going to be able to find lots of stuff out there. There you go. I mean, if you're listening to my silly podcast, people, listen to someone who knows what they're doing for a change and uh, check out Neil's podcast. It is such a pleasure and honor to have you on the show, Neil. It's a pleasure and honor to work with you and call you my friend. I hope you had a good time today. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed working with you. This is, I mean, you could even cut it out, I guess. But y'all should, if you want to do a podcast and you want a professional helping you, Dave's gave me a million recommendations of what I could do better. I like that. I mean, I, I, he helps me. Like, hey, man, why don't you throw some of this in there? That'd be a good idea. Let me voice over an intro. All of those things have been really valuable. So, Thank And you. it saves me time. I don't have time to learn, nor really do I have the inclination to learn how to edit audio and these things. So I need to do it, man. Well, kind words. And there's no way in hell I'm taking that out because it serves me pretty well. But, but, but thank you. It's, it, and it is. And you, you hear the, the it is most of all, it's a pleasure to work with you, Neil, because you love your shows and you take pride in them. And but I give you a lot of credit because he's he's absolutely right. He asked me what he can do better. And that is where it really gets fun. You've got a good show. Let's make it better. Let's try something new. Anyway, so here's to you, Neil. I'll get one final yeehaw. And thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. Again, follow us on Apple Podcast. If you like the show, or even if you don't, please do. We could use the attention. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. For my friend Neil, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Pray that you